I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Yo, English, English only. Spanish. We could do no, no, not Spanish because Bobby is not good at Spanish. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, multiple time guest, one time in person guest, which rarely ever happens. Doyle Ratter, you know him as the Kobe Beef on Twitter. Doyle, what you got for me? Oh, you know, just uh, survived the last seeding game there of the Mavs and the Suns, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> we made it through. The Mavericks are done with their bubble games now. They uh, they finished all their bubble games, which I think we're we're all sad. We're all glad to be over with, and now into the playoffs. And this is what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for this for years, pretty much, with the Mavericks. And now, a couple years now to see Luca in the playoffs, and then we waited months to finish the season, and now, I mean, it's finally coming through. Uh, keep listening to this podcast. If you're not subscribed already, subscribe on whatever app you're listening on. We will have crossovers with the Lockdown Clippers podcast. We'll talk all about Clippers. We'll do that all weekend. I think we'll just keep going through the full weekend with uh, previews and all sorts of stuff like that. So stick with us. We'll talk more about that, and I'll talk about it a little bit with Doyle today. We want to break down the Mavericks 128 to 102 loss to the Suns. That was somehow even worse than that final score says. <laughs> they didn't win a single quarter. Uh, there's lots of stuff to get in on that. We also know the schedule for Clippers Mavericks already. Uh, Brad Townsend of the Dallas Morning News tweeted that out. So we'll talk about that. We'll get into all that. All right. Doyle, let's start with this game and just get this over with. <laughs> so the Mavericks lose. They lose by 26. It felt like it was way more than that. Luka only played the first half. Kristaps Porzingis did not play. Uh, I think everyone else everyone else ended up playing, right? I don't think anyone else missed. but uh, Everyone did, yeah. Yeah, Luka only played the first half. Dorian Finney-Smith only played like 11 minutes. And Seth Curry only played 20 minutes. Tim Hardaway only 20 minutes. Basically didn't play the fourth quarter. I uh, got a lot of minutes from the bench guys. A lot of Justin Jackson. There was a lot of Boban. An, an incredible amount of Boban, actually. 18 points, 20 boards. Um, they There's talk after the game, especially in the post-game media sessions, that Boban is going to be useful in this Clippers series. What do we think about Boban You know, in this Clippers series? Do you think he's going to be used in the playoffs? I mean, I think you have to use him in the playoffs just because you don't really have a whole lot of depth at center with this team. And we know that the Clippers, they can throw anyone at center, and especially if they get you know Montrezl back, uh, he's just a force to be reckoned with. Um, but like I like Boban. I mean, he has his limitations, but he's instant offense pretty much, and he's insanely efficient. So if you run him out there in spurts of I would say like five to eight minutes at a time, because um, he's going to get beat defensively. Like he's he's just slow, but. He can put up, you know, solid numbers and, you know, help if the Mavericks get in the hole, put him out there and boom, he he can rattle off six points just like that in no time at all. And I think that is where he is going to be perhaps the most effective in a series against the Clippers. Yeah, completely. He's almost like the J.J. Barea center version, right, where J.J. Barea kind of comes in and gives him a different look and a little jolt to the offense, or that's what he's supposed to do. And Boban is like that for the center spot. I think Boban's a little bit more effective right now than J.J. Barea is, but they sort of have a similar role where they're going to be situational. And it seems like this Clippers team where they play Zubach and they play Harrell, 
he could be useful in that area. So we'll see exactly what Carlisle decides to do. We obviously know he's not going to start, right? It's not going to, they're not going to take it to that level. Porzingis is going to be the full-time five. I'm assuming they'll start the same lineup they've been starting. And we'll see a ton of Maxi and probably some Maxi at the five as well, guarding Harrell and things like that. So, all right, this Suns game, though, uh, the, the story of this game is that the Suns really needed this game. They needed it to stay alive. And we're recording this before the Portland Trailblazers game against the Nets. So we don't know how that finished. However, we're assuming that the Nets are going to lose. We think the Blazers are going to win because if the Blazers win and they're in, if they lose and they're out. Uh, and then the play-in will be Portland versus Memphis. That's what it's looking like right now. If it's different than that, something horribly wrong has gone, <laughs> has happened. Um, did you get anything from this game, Doyle? Or did you think that this game was just about the Suns needing it and the Mavericks just kind of saying, you know what, we're just going to play a little bit. We'll throw some of our guys out there, give the end of the bench guys some minutes, and then just move on our way. I mean, what I took away from this was the Suns are just playing – outrageously well right now every they did everything right like even when the game was somewhat close there in the first quarter they just they just destroyed whatever defensive effort the Mavericks had like it didn't matter they like found the weaknesses and like cut to the rim and everything like that and just absolutely annihilated them and then they hit all their shots I wish the Mavericks could say that they were hitting their shots like the Suns have been hitting in the in the seeding games but they just haven't been and uh, that's really what I saw. That and, you know, maybe we shouldn't be seeing Michael Kidd-Gilchrist in the co- on the court in the playoffs. I think that that would be uh, something they definitely want to go away from. He just he played a lot today, and it it wasn't good. I mean, I mean, everyone's going to see that play that where Booker just absolutely froze him and went right by him. It was. I, that was bad. So that you're bad. you're anti MKG because we've had some listeners and some you know fans say that uh, you know I had I had three listeners on the podcast yesterday and one and they all had to have a hot take and one of their hot takes was if Michael K. Gilchrist plays significant minutes the Mavericks will make it out of the West that was the, that was the hot take it was quite spicy it was quite hot uh, and I don't think that's, I, that's, I don't think I'm scorching hot I don't think I fully agree with it but you're anti MKG even what about let's let's do this MKG over Justin Jackson minutes are you anti that at this point uh, I mean it, the problem is going to be that. If the Mavericks are down, they're going to need points, and MKG just doesn't give that to you. He did like, score six points in this game. That was he hit yeah, two field goals, uh, which is, which is the most he's hit high for him, I believe, at yeah. least for the Mavericks. Yeah, it was. He hit a, he hit a long two Doyle. Did you not see the jump shot? Wow, well, I mean, crown him as the next Jordan, then hitting <laughs> long twos. Like, I mean, look, you want to run him out there for five minutes to spell some other guys? Fine. I think his defense has been okay at least positioning, but he's also been like when it does look okay, notice who he's playing against like bad players. So like there's always that. And so he is what he is. He's not going to give you much. So I don't think he'll be on the outside of, of the rotation looking in. I feel like uh, once that gets shortened here in the playoffs. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, okay, so you mentioned that the Phoenix just did everything right. I mean, even in the first quarter when, you know, the Mavericks rolled out a starting lineup with uh, pretty much all their normal guys and then Boban instead of KP, uh, Phoenix was uh, Phoenix was only up three. Yeah, 23 to 26 with about two minutes and 30 seconds left. And then 
Dallas took a timeout. They put in Luca, Trey Burke, Justin Jackson, MKG, and Maxi. And Phoenix went on a 10-0 run out of the timeout. And the Mavericks just looked all out of sorts. And I'm I'm very I'm very much looking forward to the Mavericks being able to use their normal rotations and not just throwing random <laughs> random guys into games because it's really messing up whatever semblance of a defense the Mavericks had before. It's it's really screwing it up because the Suns are just able to score everything on every shot pretty much because the Mavericks were letting wide open threes, not rotating correctly, you know, missing open guys. And it's just because some of these random guys that had just joined the team and things like that, two-way guys are just, you know, getting these minutes. And so I think in the playoffs will completely go away from that. Um, I thought it was weird that Phoenix challenged that uh, that foul early in the second quarter on Mikael Bridges, oh, yeah. who fouled Luca. I just thought that was so weird. Um, there were some weird things in the second quarter. So the beginning, this Phoenix challenged that play, and then Boban hit two baskets in a row and got two delay of games in a row. And the second one was a, was a, was a technical, and the second one was because yeah, he, he headbutted soccer headbutted. <laughs> <laughs> he headbutted the ball out of bounds. This is just a weird game overall. Um. Okay, we saw a pretty good amount of DeLon Wright in this game. How have you seen DeLon Wright so far in this bubble? Because he's been a player of contention among Mavs fans, I think, and uh, has not really lived up to the expectations we had for him going into the season. So, I mean, I like Wright, but he is kind of just a weird up-and-down player because I think when he's playing his best off-ball, like – because I really do think he needs the ball in his hands to be able to create and score, but he's not going to get that if he's on the floor with like Luca, you know, but he can facilitate pretty well. He's had some pretty high assist uh, numbers in the bubble so far. And, but in terms of shooting, it seems like he's just not looking for his shot all that much. Like he had what four attempts today and no three, no three point attempts in 21 minutes. That seems kind of weird, but I don't know. I I think he's versatile enough to be a player the Mavericks should rely on, but he just hasn't really shown that they can't. At least not yet, and at least definitely not in the bubble. Yeah, it seems like a lot of theoretical still for for Delon Wright, right? Like on paper, he should be this guy, but we just haven't really seen it. Uh, okay, coming up, let's get into a little bit more about this game, get into a little bit more about the Mavericks rotation, and then we'll start talking about the Mavericks overall in the bubble and get to the Clippers coming up. But before we get to that, it's back. Built Bar. You guys know that we love Built Bar. We've had lots of listeners get Built Bar and tell us that they love them, love all the different flavors. There's 12 different flavors of Built Bar right now. Uh, there's 12, 12 original that we had. We had the coconut that we really liked. We had the uh, double chocolate. That was Isaac's favorite. We had the mint brownie. Banana was one of my favorites as well. Peanut butter, coconut. But on top of that, Built Bar has now released six new incredible flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bars... Cherry Garcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp. Incredible new flavors. You know, Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's delicious. They're great. They're really good for you. Good for a health-conscious person. It helps you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And it really is delicious. Isaac was using them for breakfast replacements. I was using them just for, you know, snacks to kind of get me through the day. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet, which Isaac has done. I've been I've been on and off that. Uh, also, they have 19 grams of protein 
and a, just 180 calories depending on which bar you get. Some of them 18 grams of protein, 30, 130 calories. They're depending on which one you get. Uh, Built Bar are incredible. They're great bars, and you get a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. This will only last for a couple of weeks, so you got to get your. If you're gonna get some, if you want to get the free cooler, go ahead and get your order in now. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. All right, Doyle, let's talk a little bit more. So we were talking before about DeLon Wright. Um, I think that he, he it, it just still hasn't clicked for him. And I don't know if he's just unhappy on the Mavericks, was thinking he was going to get a starting spot and not there, or if he just doesn't really understand his role, doesn't really get it. He's not really the main ball handler at any point. You mentioned that he needs to have the ball in his hands to, you know, to work. And that's where we've seen him at his best, right? When he had those two triple doubles against the Mavericks when he was playing for the Grizzlies. Uh, he yeah. had the ball in his hand, and he was the one making things happen, and he has to sort of get in his rhythm that way, and he's not this you know, 3 and D guard. Uh, and even his defense doesn't seem like it's it's fully all the way there, but I think they really need him for this Clippers series because he's one of the guys that can – you know, defend like a you know a Lou Williams and potentially even a Kawhi Leonard at, you know in spots, and I think they they're really going to need him to step up. And I just don't know if he's up for the challenge yet. Yeah, he can. I've seen him dial it in in the past. It's just whether he's going to, you know, because he can force turnovers. He's pretty good at that. He had he had one steal today, and the Mavericks really don't force a whole lot of turnovers. But he's one of the guys that can do it for them, and you know he can be a pest. And that's what they need to get out of him. They need him to be a pest, play multiple positions, and, you know, maybe chip in six to ten points a game if he can. I mean, we'll have, we'll see if he can. But, yeah, he's he's going to be a potential X factor off the bench for him for sure. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he, he has to be, right? Like, they, they need him yeah, in that. because who else, you know? <laughs> right, they need him in that spot. Um, so, in the bubble, the Mavericks finally, you know, they finish in the bubble, they go – Let's see. What did they go in the bubble? They went uh, three and five in the bubble. Not exactly what we expected. Not exactly what we had hoped. They're still when they came into the bubble. There's a chance they can move up to five. That didn't happen. The Mavericks are stuck at seven. Uh, let, I asked all the listeners the question. This question yesterday. Have you been satisfied with the way the Mavs played so far in the bubble? No, and I don't think they have been either. Based on you know, Luca isn't one to really talk, but I to the media. But I've been watching you know, all the pressers, as I'm sure you have too, after games that they lose, like his body language is just like, you know, it's not frustrated. <laughs> and yeah, he's incredibly frustrated because he's had some phenomenal games. I mean, heck, even today he played 13 minutes and put up 18 points. Like that's insane. <laughs> like he's been carrying this team, him and Porzingis. And like, they just haven't gotten consistent contribution from literally anyone else. Like, you know, like we like we talked about earlier, Boban had a big game, but that's because he played a ton of minutes. But Hardaway has been all over the map. I think he's put together like two or three good games. Uh, Seth Curry's been dealing with a leg uh, thing, whatever it is. They're not really saying, and he hasn't been consistent at all. Uh, Finney Smith has been, you know, the the third option in the bubble, and he didn't even score a point today. I, I was looking this up for, you know. We got on this uh, call, and this is the first time he hasn't scored since March of 19, or not 19, <laughs> 2019. <laughs> wow, we're really taking it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back when he was probably not even born yet. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. But yeah, so like they haven't 
like the bench was an asset for this team. I feel like before the break, like Maxi's played inconsistently, which is just something you don't really see from him. He had one rebound today, and what three points? Like, come on, that's that's crazy. He's he's a big part of this team, so they need they need like someone besides Luca and KP and Dorian to step up consistently, and I would assume that have to be Tim, but. They haven't done it. In the, no one else has really done it in the bubble. And so, yeah, I don't think you can be happy with them going three and five. Like, they had expectations of moving up, and they didn't. They sat exactly where they were. I guess it's like the draft where the Mavs never move up either. You know? <laughs> At least this time it was in their own hands. I guess maybe that's positive or negative. It wasn't just like <laughs> lottery ball odds. Uh, which, by the way, the Mavericks have the 18th pick now. Didn't they? Isn't that locked in? Uh, you know, I haven't looked that up. I know they have the 31st still, so. So, yeah, I, well, we'll talk about that for sure later. Um, there's so much time to do that, <laughs> but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But I think the consistency of the bench players is it's so massive. You know, uh, we talk we talk about on this podcast, the con- they're basically the connect four. It's Dorian, Tim, you know, Seth Curry and Maxi. One of those four yeah. guys has to come up big in a game and they just haven't gotten, you know, enough of those guys to come up big in each game. And, uh, you know, it, it, they're really going to gonna need that. Tim is back to his, like, 32% from three shooting in the bubble. Uh, he shot 43% from the field in the bubble. Um, Seth is still shooting fairly well from the bubble, but he's been inconsistent with the leg injuries. And I'm, I'm hoping that they're taking it really cautious with him, and then he comes back, you know, for the playoffs and he's ready to go. Uh, but Luca and Porzingis, you said they've been driving and they've been carrying him. It's it's so true. I think they're the only duo to average thirty points each in the bubble. Luca at thirty two and Porzingis at thirty point five, which is insane because his scoring average before the bubble was like eighteen points a game, <laughs> which yeah. is wild that he he bumped it up so much. Uh, what have we seen from Porzingis in the bubble so far? Because I I think I've seen some great things from him, at least offensively. Yeah, offensively, I think he's been absolutely a stud like he's everything that you know you want from a former all-star and he he looks like he's he's playing at an all-star level right now he's probably playing better than he was when he was an all-star back with the knicks like this is insane he is spreading the floor he's getting open looks i wish he would like stop doing some turnaround jump shots those don't you don't like the dirk move you're not a fan of the dirk move I, the, I, when I watch, it seems like he never hits them, so I'm not, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> when he uh, does, though, it looks so good. It looks yeah, so I'd, great when he does hit them. When he's down, like kind of like in the high post or something like that, and like around the block, I'd like to see him use the glass a lot more, all of Tim Duncan, because I think he's a bit more effective doing that because it just seems more natural for him just to bank it in. It just it's a more efficient shot because he's bricking a lot of those. He's not a great post-up player. Like James Harden gave him the business in the post, like in the first game of the bubble. But uh, he, other than that, he's been phenomenal. I mean, he's been beat like Lillard beat him up on defense the other night, which is kind of rough. So he's been a little bit of a liability. I'd say on the defensive end, just, you know, smaller guards blowing by him and uh, getting, getting himself into foul trouble. But, I mean, the Mavericks absolutely need him to continue playing like this if they have any chance of stealing a couple games or so against the Clippers. Yeah, they, they absolutely need him to keep playing like this. And what I've been most encouraged by, I think I've mentioned this before, is the way he's played when Luka's off the floor, the way that he's really just taken advantage of this role where 
He is the number one option, and he knows he's the number one option. He calls for the ball. He gets in that post area. He actually goes in and scores. He's actually shooting pretty well from um, from the mid-range, which I think has been been pretty good in the bubble. Um, and he they need that shot. They, they need that shot a lot because Luka yeah. has his floater game around there in the mid-range, but no one else really on this team hits mid-range shots. I mean, it's it literally just Porzingis. And he did struggle with... Um, you know, Harden when he was defending him in the post, and that's going to be tough. But they're they're not going to play a team with guys like that uh, that have these like really strong bases and and stuff like that. He's going to be able to rise up over the top of most of the guys on the Clippers, um, you know, and hopefully you know take advantage of some of their guards. And they need they need him to be hitting that mid range shot. And whether it's a turnaround, whether it's to, whether it's a fadeaway or not, uh, I just think that that is so important for this team. And I'm glad that he's at least hitting on all cylinders going into the the playoffs. And I'm excited to see him in the playoffs for the first time. I wonder what the Clippers are going to throw at him. I wonder what, you know, if we're going to do a a thing where we're like, man, Porzingis can't play. I just hope that we don't hit that point. Or if we go, oh, my God, Porzingis can play against anybody and he's dominating. You know, I think it's going to be one of the two. Yeah, something I've been kind of curious about is – is this going to be like a, a Dirk in 07 situation where they just throw a bunch of small guys on him to pester him and he's going to have to learn to like deal with smaller defenders like Dirk did. So that'll be interesting to see. Cause I mean, I mean, the Clippers do have a bunch of smaller guys they could put on him. I mean, they also have Kawhi and Paul George who are, I mean, well, everyone's smaller than Porzingis, but Boban. <laughs> but, yeah. Bo- but, you Bo- know, Bo- Taco, you know Boban, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> Like everyone is going to guard him, but like, are they going to put like quick wings on him? Are they going to put like Beverly, know, right? Beverly, yeah, exactly. Are they going to put Beverly on him? Like that would be crazy. Cause I mean, I think I'm taller than Pat Beverly. So <laughs> like, we'll see, I guess we'll see. But yeah, I think he has an opportunity to excel and to uh, drink a lot of Knicks fan tears in this, in this series. <laughs> and I hope he does too. I hope we get one Porzingis <laughs> moment where he like calls out the Knicks fans or something like that. But I, he's, yeah, and just he doesn't seem makes, to be that kind of guy. It on at least. Desktop or something. And Concepcion just like screaming <laughs> on desktop. He did tweet out a photo today that, that uh, he put, some words, I think it was in Spanish or something, that, and it said, calm down, colleague. And I was like, I wonder who he's talking to. I have no idea. but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so who, maybe that was the Knicks fans. Um, so, all right, coming up, let's get into this Clipper series. We'll talk about some logistics. We'll talk about the schedule. Actually, we'll get into it. We'll talk about it with Doyle coming up. All right, Doyle, let's continue to talk about this Clippers-Mavericks impending series. Uh, It's set now. We know that it's here. Here's the schedule. The first game is Monday at 9 p.m. So this coming Monday, August 17th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So that's 8 Central. Uh, That's going to be on ESPN. And so that's the first game. And then they're just going every other day. So Monday, ESPN. Wednesday, 9. I'll just excuse Central time. Wednesday at 8 p.m. on TNT. Friday at 8 p.m. on TNT. And then Sunday at 2.30 p.m. So a day game. You know, clip that's technically a Mavericks home game, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see that, but that one's on ABC. So those are the first four games, and there's only one day in between each of them. Uh, what do you think about this schedule? Are you, you excited to see every other day? You wish that they had some more time to rest in between, or you think this is favors the Mavericks? How are we feeling about you know the Mavericks coming out with this schedule this quickly? No, I I honestly like this schedule. I never liked how much they the league always drew out like the first round because they would. You know, there'd be like 
for some series like three days off in between like games and it was just for like you know for tv rating purposes and everything to get them on like major networks and so i like this like this is great it's like you know when they are you don't have like you have your every other day boom 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 and plus they're on the bubble there's no travel involved right and i think that really does help in terms of you know they don't have to fly across the country or wherever they need to go because you know honestly like from dallas to la that's like a three four hour flight or something like that so that's and, and flying's taxing and honestly no one needs to be flying right now anyway so i think this is uh i i like it i just like it it's, it's easy on us who cover the who cover the team you know for sure for sure I'm, I'm there with you on that are you a person that thinks that this is going to be a harder you know playoff run for for a team that makes it to the finals and, and wins it or do you think this is easier Ooh. I don't know if it's harder or easier. I think uh, it's. I think the East is since they're so banged up is might be a little easier for whoever comes out of there. Uh, but the West is still pretty nuts. Like there, it, it's not going to be easy. I mean, there might be like. I'm sure there's going to be some advantages of like being all in one place and like the rest, like I was saying, but I don't think it's easy. I mean, this is this is crazy. These these teams still are gonna go fight tooth and nail to like try and win games. I mean, there's there's no give up here. Yeah, the the path for these teams, especially if you look at the Lakers and the Clippers, the top two seeds in the West. If those are the two teams that are gonna meet in the Western Conference Finals, this is their path, right, to get to the finals. For the Lakers, it's probably Portland, probably Utah, and then probably the Clippers. I mean, that is. That's a tough run right there. And then for the Clippers, it's Dallas for sure. Then probably Denver. Then probably the Lakers. I mean, that that's a tough run too. I mean, you have to face Luka, Jokic, and then LeBron AD. Uh, man, those yeah. two tough runs for these two teams, travel or not. I think that that's going to be really tough just based on how good the West is right now. Don't discount the Rockets. You know they could sneak in and upset somebody, even though Westbrook's going to be uh... – you know, hurt for like a game or two. It's it seems like now he's just stuck in the thunder. That you know, you know that he just doesn't want to play against his former team. I mean, <laughs> can you blame him? Chris Paul's in the same boat, man. That's just so crazy. How many games? Let's. I'm gonna do confidence meter based on game series. So, how many games confident are you in the Mavericks? Are you five games confident? Six games confident? Seven games confident? Are you win the series confident? How confident are you with, with the Mavericks and the Clippers? Oh gosh! I mean, four games confident. I mean, you could say that. I'm 100. I'm four games confident, and I'm hopeful for a gentleman's sweep. Wow. But if they surprise me, I will be I will be happy because I would like to continue covering basketball for a little bit longer. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you. I I hope that they stretch it a little bit. I hope we get into the, so game five would be Tuesday, uh, you know, August 25th. I hope we get into that day. Uh, that one's TBD, by the way. Both the arena and the TV, they're like, we're just going to put this to be determined because we're not sure if, <laughs> if this series is going to go that far. I thought that was Yeah, that's, that's a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think if the, if the Mavericks are going to have a chance to win against the Clippers any of these games, I think it's going to be early because the Clippers are still just so disjointed. We don't really know. Like, we know that... Kawhi and Paul George and you know we know the bench but we don't we haven't seen all of it together so far it seems like all season even not even just in the bubble with Lou Williams going to Magic City Montrez Harrell not even playing yet you know Patrick Beverly being injured here and there this team all season hasn't really played together I wonder how much that actual closing lineup has played I'm gonna look it up while I talk but uh, I wonder how much that closing lineup has played because there's just 
I mean, it seems like every single day there's something going on with this team where somebody's not there. Um, but I, I think that if the Mavericks are going to get one of these games, it'll be early because they'll catch them off guard. Yeah, and the Mavericks are really just going to have to play like kind of flawless basketball because the Clippers have just beat them up all season. Like in every, in all three of the meetings, the Clippers just you know owned them. I remember it was that game around Thanksgiving, the first time they played, and they busted out the, uh, the graffiti jerseys. Uh, <laughs> That's where they lost. <laughs> you know, I don't mind those jerseys. I'll, I'll, I'll go on the record saying that. Really? I, I like those, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I remember that game. Like, I was there, and Luca just – he didn't he didn't even uh, talk to the media after the game. He was, he was so beat up. There were people in town that he knew, and he was, like, taking pictures of them on the court after the game. But still, that's – he – you know, he doesn't like to talk to the media, but he normally does it. And so for him to just completely blow it off and the Mavericks to not even really know that that's what he was going to do until, you know, a little while later uh, was kind of a thing. And he was very un- upset after that game, to <laughs> say the least. That Clippers lineup, by the way, of, of Kawhi, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Montrose Harrell has played in, appeared in 17 games this season. has only played 56 minutes. Uh, they That's have a de- defensive rating of 84 when they play, which is oh. like ins- absolutely insane. <laughs> but man, that sounds like the uh, the old Pistons from you know the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, that that's actually I mean, when you replace um, when you replace Lou Williams with Mo Harkless, who is not even like with yeah. them anymore. Their defensive rating goes to 115. So Lou Williams, that was the key. Is the wow. <laughs> It must be those wings, man. <laughs> man. So, yeah, that lineup, I'll, I'll be looking to see if that lineup plays at all. Uh, okay, what's your what's your biggest thing that the Mavericks need to do to, to, to steal one of these games? Like, what they, they just have to hit threes, they have to defend, they have to hold somebody under a certain amount of points. What's the thing for you that you need to see from the Mavs to steal some of these well, games? We haven't really seen the Mavericks defend a whole lot this season or well. I mean, they have spurts of it, and I think that's great. So I don't think that's really the big issue for them. I think it's they need to get back to that offense just humming. They need to hit shots, and they haven't really shown that they can do that consistently, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing because they have been getting open looks throughout the entire seeding games, and it's just – it's like bricks, you know? Like, it's pretty bad. It's like Jay Crowder's back on the team or something. But, like, they need Maxi to hit threes. They need, you know, Dorian to hit threes. They need Tim Hardaway to, like, stop trying to take threes off the dribble and just do catch and shoot. But that's that's their biggest thing. Like, Luca and Porzingis, they're, they're going to be all right. Like, they're that good that no matter what the Clippers throw at them, they're going to get to the line. They're going to get their points. They're going to have, you know, 20-plus a night, I feel like. It's just everyone else needs to come ready and start knocking down shots we'll see we'll see what seth has to do i mean i think he is an incredibly valuable part of this offense and it's just this leg thing must be more serious than you know they're they're talking about because he's just he's he just seems out of whack he just seems completely out of whack in in these games yeah, he really does. And they'll need him. They'll need Tim Hardaway. They'll need all the bench players. I mean, especially playing against this Clippers team. And I talked about it with the listeners yesterday. If the Mavericks beat the Clippers, right, if they beat the series, they should go to the finals because this is a team that, you know, is expected to go to the finals, which is kind of wild to think about it. So Mavericks yeah. are getting their you know hardest opponent they'll face out of the way early if they, you know, somehow miraculously take this. So, all right, Doyle, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can read you, and what you're up to. 
Oh, sure, sure. So I, uh, I'm at Mavs Moneyball, and I write for Forbes as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at the Kobe Beef, All one word there. And uh, right now I'm just, you know, taking in the sights and sounds of Orlando from my, uh, from my room during quarantine uh, and uh, on my computer. It's, uh, it's been fun. It's been entertaining. And, you know, hopefully I'll have a lot of things to say as the Mavericks get into the playoffs for the first time in, what, three seasons? So, yeah. Yeah, since 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right, guys, we'll be back with more pregame preview stuff for the Clippers series. It's all coming. It's coming at us fast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.